0: Hi there! Welcome to the Friday Five. It's our weekly list of five things you need to know about here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. Sometimes accompanied by a little extra something, whether it's something really cool I came across while researching an episode, or if I completely went down a rabbit hole during the week, I share those too. And I guess this would be the time to say, My name is Sarah Rupel, and I'm your host here on the ASG podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today on June 19th, Juneteenth to be exact. And we will start with a brief bit of info on that before we get to our list and our, I'm not sure if rabbit hole is the right word for this week. Maybe a rabbit nest or a rabbit den. You can be the judge when we get there, I suppose. That's later in the episode. So for quick background here, before we get into Juneteenth, the Emancipation Proclamation did indeed end slavery on January 1, 1863. Juneteenth was first celebrated on June 19, 1865, when federal orders that ended slavery were read in Galveston, Texas. Juneteenth is held in popular opinion to be the end of slavery in America, but even the Emancipation Proclamation did not cover everything. It only covered Confederate states. Union states saw the official end of slavery when the 13th Amendment was ratified on December 18th, 1865. Juneteenth is also sometimes called Jubilee Day, and it is a holiday that is celebrated in 47 out of 50 of our United States. Celebrations may look a little different this year, as gathering sizes are limited due to the coronavirus pandemic, But we will be linking to a list of ways that you can join in the celebration virtually today and this weekend, so be sure to check that out. And now, let's move into our list this week with number one. Today is the day that AHIP certification for 2020 comes down to be replaced by 2021 certification on Monday, June 22nd. If you've been following along here on the podcast, we've been talking about AHIP a lot recently as it is the beginning stages of AEP prep for agents selling Medicare Advantage and Medicare Part D. If you missed those episodes, I would highly recommend subscribing to our podcast so you don't miss out on anything we've got coming up for the annual enrollment period. It will be here before we all know it. That happens the same way every year It's hard for me to believe that we are in the middle of June, just about to kick off summer, so no worries if you did miss those episodes. We'll be linking to those in our notes for this episode so you can catch up on everything AHIP-related that we have covered. Number two. Highmark and HealthNow, two blues insurers, have announced plans to affiliate in Western and Northeastern New York. According to Highmark's press release, Highmark Health will be the primary licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association for HealthNow's eight counties in western New York and 13 counties in northeastern New York. Plans will be branded under Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield of western New York and Highmark Blue Shield of northeastern New York the press release announced that HealthNow would keep its headquarters and regional offices where they are, Erie County and Albany County respectively. And of course, all of these changes are pending regulatory approval of the affiliation agreement. You can check out the full press release from Highmark via the link in our show notes. Number three, on Tuesday this week, Some experts in diabetes research wrote a letter to the New England Journal of Medicine outlining a theory that there is a connection between COVID-19 and diabetes, but not in the same way that we've been used to hearing about. Early on in the pandemic, those with diabetes were part of the at-risk group of the population that were considered more likely to be susceptible to the coronavirus. Now, scientists are thinking the link might go both ways, and those patients who have had COVID 19 might end up at risk for developing diabetes. As of right now, though, this is just a theory that even the authors say that they don't have the full ability to definitively answer that question right now. They're hoping to be able to answer the questions posited in their theory someday. And I'm sure we will all be reading about COVID-19 studies for many, many years to come. Number four, still coronavirus related, but this has to do with masks and what those masks are doing to your skin. As we head into the reopening process, head back to work, many of us are wearing masks for longer time periods than we were previously when we were just putting them on for a grocery run or a midweek milk run. Those masks can end up irritating your face, depending on what they're made of and what's going on with your skin, and that looks different for everyone. I mean, just look at all the different acne treatments that are out there. And that's not the only thing that could be going on with your skin. There's rosacea, eczema, sensitive skin, and more, and then there's all the stuff we use as consumers to treat those things. Add in makeup, throw a mask over it, and you are really limiting your skin's ability to breathe like it's used to. We've got the links to three different articles that give some specific ideas on how to treat what's going on in your specific case. And really, this is just one of those wellness things that we sometimes might tend to overlook. But wellness and self-care is something we take very seriously here at the Agent Survival Guide podcast, and we want to make sure that we pass those resources on to you. Number five, again, COVID-19 related, but this news is really exciting. Oxford University researchers have found a drug that, according to their research, has been found to reduce deaths in some of the most serious COVID-19 cases. Dexamethasone, an inexpensive steroid, has been found to reduce deaths in coronavirus patients on oxygen by one-fifth and reduce deaths in coronavirus patients on ventilators by one-third. It is a huge deal, so big that even the former head of the FDA called it a, quote, "...robust finding and that it could have meaningful implications." This particular study is known as the Recovery Trial and involved over 11,000 patients in England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. The results of the study will be published soon, and we will be keeping an eye out for that study. And now, this week's rabbit hole, or rabbit den, or nest, whatever you would like to call it, revolves around Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference, or WWDC, which begins at 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time on Monday, June 22nd. And I tune in for the keynote every year because I have been an Apple fangirl for a long, long time. In that speech, Tim Cook and company announce everything coming software-wise to Apple devices. Typically in the fall is when they will hold the special event to announce new devices. So I'm looking forward to that on Monday. The conference lasts all week, but as I am a podcaster and not a developer, I'm more interested in just the keynote. But there is another part of WWDC that I stumbled on that I would like to share, and that is the winners of this year's Swift Student Challenge. Swift Playgrounds is an app that teaches coding in a fun way, and the Swift Student Challenge is a contest for students to code a Swift Playground around a certain theme, and that theme changes from year to year. As I was reading about WWDC and what is expected to be announced on Monday, I also read an article about this year's winners, and these students mentioned designed some seriously cool projects. So we will be linking to a few different WWDC-related articles in our show notes. So you can join me in my Apple stanning. And if you don't know, stan is slang for fan. And I will just stop there because that is all I have for this week's episode. I hope you have a great weekend. Kick off summer right on Saturday. And we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rappel. Script editing by Nicole Parasich. Artwork by Nick Smith.